At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you in year 28, right here from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the home of the Exxon Radio and TV show and the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you would like to um, send me an email, I love getting your comments, pro, con, whether you're a skeptic, whether you're a believer. My email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. We're coming to you around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, uh, Mutual Broadcast Network, and of course, iHeartRadio. My guest this hour is Robert Murch. He is the world's foremost collector, historian, and expert on Ouija and Talking Boards, and also serves as the chairman of the board for the Talking Board Historical Society. His bizarre relationship with Ouija began after watching the movie Witchboard in 1986, a century after, ta- after the Talking Board made its debut. Merch purchased his first antique Ouija board in 1992 and became obsessed with unraveling the mystery of its origins. Now, since then, he's devoted his life to researching the history of the Ouija board and its founders, with Merch often traveling the world to track down the descendants of all of those involved with the introduction of the mystifying oracle. Joining me now is Merch. <laughs> I still so can't so get much over for that. Having me. Yes, I, I, like I told you before, you went on R. I think it's really cool. Mind, mind you, you know, you're only one letter off from being Lurch. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I was about six foot two, six foot three by seventh grade, and I was called Lurch quite a bit because of the last name Lurch. So, well, I'm sure that people look back now and say, "I knew there was something special about that kid," <laughs> or strange. <laughs> well, you know, what's the difference between wonderful and strange these days, right? I completely agree. Like I, I look at what you do and I say that's wonderful because <laughs> it is one of the most talked about, most controversial oracles that are out there. And Merch, how did you get involved? You you bought your first Ouija board in, what, 1992? Yeah. So, you know, what happened to me is a few things. Um, I was raised Orthodox Jew. Mm -hmm. I don't uh, practice Orthodox Judaism anymore. Right. And I certainly don't look like it for your viewers who will go out <laughs> and try to see what I look like. Um but what happened was I saw a witch board in 1986. Right. And that got me fascinated. And then I was in college in 1992 at the University of New Hampshire. And I was in a quad. And I had three roommates that decided they wanted to rush for fraternity. And I knew if I rushed for fraternity, I wouldn't graduate. So I decided to let them go and rush. And I could go to the parties, but I'd still study. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they needed for their rushing was a treasure hunt. And uh, on that list was a Ouija board. So being a New Englander, mm -hmm. what we do on the weekends is we flea market, yeah. yard sale, antique. And I, I found a bunch and I had 10. And I thought, how can there be 10 different Ouija boards? Isn't there only one? And I went to something that some of your listeners will probably remember. I had to go to a library with actual books inside. Oh my gosh, and... I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so when I opened up Funkin' Wagnalls or Britannica, mm -hmm. every encyclopedia I opened up said the Ouija board came from somewhere else. And I thought, hmm. how can something that's so popular, yeah. it's everywhere, it's in movies, TV shows, if you put it in front of a five-year-old, they know what to do, yeah. everyone's got a story how could we not know where it comes from? And that set me off on a 25-year-plus journey to answer that very question. How many Ouija boards do you have now? Um, I, I, now I have well over 1,000 oh uh, different talking boards. <laughs> and, um, and and that doesn't necessarily include all the duplicates or variations. My God. But um, for as many as I have, there are many more. Tell, and, um, tell me, why do you call it a talking board? So talking board is the generic term for these type of boards, okay? Ouija or Ouija mm -hmm. is a trademark that was first oh, used in 1890. But the talking board that looks and acts just like the Ouija board mm -hmm. pops up in 1886. And we know they were similar devices basically going back to the 1850s after the birth of uh, modern spiritualism. What is the most unique talking board that you have? Well, I have so many. I've been so lucky. Um, as you mentioned, I travel all around yeah. trying to track down the people, the descendants of the people who are um, involved in the inception of the Ouija board or any talking board, right, if we can figure it out. And so many of those families have donated amazing artifacts, including some of the early stencils that were made um, that were used to make the first Ouija boards and some of the very first boards that they made before it got its name Ouija or Ouija. So that's hard to answer. It's, I'm like a parent. I love them all. They're all special. Is there any part of society, geographically or any other way that you can categorize it, where the Ouija board or talking boards 
are more prevalent than other areas. Yeah, North America by far is the most prevalent area for uh, talking boards, especially if we're talking commercial. Because in North America, culturally, it's acceptable to play with spirits. So the Ouija board and the first Ouija patent was patented as a game. Mm -hmm. And that means you're supposed to play. And that's not okay with every culture. So most cultures, if not all cultures, believe in spirits some of them don't believe in playing with them. Mm-hmm. Kind of a unique to North America mm-hmm. is that we tend to like to laugh. It's it's a way we get out of stressful situations or things that make us uncomfortable. And death today makes us very uncomfortable. So turning something into a game that also reflects something so epically huge in the psyche of humans, what happens when I die? Is there something on the other side? It creates a unique paradox. Does using a talking board or a Ouija board open up a porthole that can be used for negativity to come from Uh, that side to this side? Yes, I I definitely think so. But let me add a twist on to that. So everyone who's listening is going, no, I don't think (laughs) talking boards like any device is not inherently evil. Okay. Ouija boards don't kill people. People kill people. Right. And it's your intent. And, and let's even go back to what portal is open. Mm-hmm. Scientists believe that when you place your hands on the planchette and it starts to move across the board, what's happening is something called idiomotor response. Right. You're actually. And real breathe. Right. It's you. You don't know it. It's your subconscious playing a trick on you, making those small jerky movements with your hands. Answer the questions because you want the board to work. Right. So it's, it's a big trick. However. Other people believe um, that there's some form of telepathy. Mm -hmm. That's what psychics might say. And other people yet would say you're actually parting the veil, reaching across to the other side. It doesn't matter what one of those things you subscribe to. You are opening a portal in your mind. What's being opened is the communication is you and something else. You and your subconscious. You and maybe another person. You and if you believe, something on the other side. And so... Yes, you can. I mean, just as likely as you can talk to something nice in your subconscious Mm -hmm. or on the other side, you can talk to something nasty. And so the idea is we're on the phone. You know, we get into this big argument. You call me names. I call you names. You threaten me, whatever. We hang up the phone. You don't take your iPhone, throw it out the window and say, I'll never have another one of these in my house again. (laughs) But that's what happens with a Ouija board because we give it power. And it is one of the most unique spirit communication device ever created or marketed because we give it power, making it unique. We give it power, making it unique. Now, that's that's a very strong statement that I, I've been doing this show for 28 years, and you're the first person who's ever come on and put it like that, and my hat is off to you. <laughs> well, I, I've been researching this for a yeah. long time, and what I know, the most powerful thing to humans is belief. Exactly. It's one of the few things that separates us from any of the other animals, yeah. any of the other species. When we don't understand something and when we can't taste it, touch it, feel it, can't experience it, we choose to believe it. That belief carries incredible weight because nine-tenths of your belief makes your reality. You see life through your beliefs. And if you believe that the Ouija board is evil or that the Ouija board can talk to the other side mm-hmm. or that the Ouija board can put you in danger, those things become real. 
And the Ouija board, because we don't want to take responsibility for that act of communication, some might say conjuring, calling to something, we let the Ouija board take the rap. So something goes wrong, get the Ouija board out of the house. Oh, just like the Ouija board's gone. Right, everything is okay. It's just like people who blame God for negative things in their life and glorify God for the positive things. Exactly. Stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our break. Exonation. Robert Munch is our Murch is our special guest. Munch. Robert Murch is our special guest, and he is the uh, chairman of the board for the Talking Board Historical Society. Their websites are www.tbhs.org, and his personal website is robertmurch.com. And Robert and I will be back discussing more of the Ouija board and talking boards on the other side of this commercial break. I'm Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Gwilda Wiaka's latest book, The Science of Magic, Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is the first book in a series based on her writings that open every episode of The Science of Magic radio show. Drawing on the subject matter of each guest, And armed with over 40 years' experience in shamanism, 35 years in alternative health, and degrees in psychology and religious studies, Gwilda introduces relevant and leading-edge information that supports spiritual evolution and personal empowerment. Rich with wisdom and inspirational quotes packaged in digestible segments, this is a book that will pull you from cover to cover. It will also serve as a daily inspirational reading for years to come. The Science of Magic Book of Mysteries, Volume 1, is available at our website, tsompublications.com, amazon.com, and wherever fine books are sold. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the Exxon, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, Exxon Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk.
Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. Robert Murch is my special guest. We're talking about Ouija boards and talking boards. Robert is the chairman of the board of the Talking Board Historical Society. And uh, their website is www.tbhs.org. And Robert's personal website is robertmurch.com. All right, Robert, let's go back in time. You're, we're, you and I are going to take over the Wayback Machine that used to be uh, <laughs> with Mr. Peabody and Sherman. And we're going to go back in time. And if we were to use the Wayback Machine, where would we go when it comes to the very beginning of the Ouija board or talking boards? Well, if we're going to go back, we have to go back to the beginning. And even though today we look at the Ouija or Ouija board as a game, Mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was born out of the modern spiritualist movement, which started in 1848 in Hydesville, New York, in the burned over district um, in New York. And so this is ground zero for modern spiritualism. And for your listeners who don't know just a little brief history, um, it's not really my area of expertise. But what happens is, is these little girls, three of them, the Fox sisters, start asking questions and they hear knocks on the walls. And then they, they start asking questions and saying, OK, well, knock once for yes, twice for no. And they believe they're making real communication. They're getting answers. And they start doing things like laying out letter cards and using their finger or pencil. And when they put their finger over the correct letter, they hear a knock. Really close to talking boards. That's 1848. What happens is is all these other spirit communication devices are created, including the planchette. So the little device, the little table that you rest your fingertips on on the Ouija board mm-hmm. actually had its own life. It was born in France around 1853 and people would use it. They place a pencil at the tip instead of a leg. You place your hands on it, the two casters on the batter side, and you would ask a question and it would write out the answer. But you know, have you ever looked at your handwriting? Oh yeah. It's kind of hard to read. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so this, what happens is people start taking the pencil, putting it out the other side, and using it to point at letters. Again, incredibly close. But it's not until 1886 that we see the form of the talking board that we're really comfortable with. A planchette or table on top of a board with letters and numbers and words that will point out your answers when asked. When in history have been the most sales of the Ouija board or talking boards? Well, we just really, the first mass manufactured uh, talking board that we can really look at as far as data, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we know it takes off uh, as soon as it has its name. The first couple months of the people who were making the Ouija board officially, it didn't have a name. So it was selling okay until it had a name and a story. And that caused the initial takeoff in 1890. Since then, we've seen huge spikes around the turn of the century. And then every time there's war or economic depression, Mm. we seem to see a spike. And mostly, I think that's because people tend to ask questions that nothing else can answer during those times, right? So when things go wrong, when things are tough, you start to look out spiritually. And again, because of the Ouija board, is in every toy store and has been since 1890. It's so accessible. It's so cheap. And for 1995 today, 
you get an unlimited calling plan to the other side, no roaming, no overages. Yeah. Back then, in 1890, you know, for a dollar, a dollar fifty, you could have a seance in your own home. And that was different than what was happening before. Before that, you basically had to go to a medium. You paid money. Yeah. But now you could pay once and have a similar type experience over and over again. And that kind of leads us to why were people so fascinated with death at that time? How has Hollywood impacted the, the use of and the awareness of the Ouija board and other talking boards? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and the answer is absolutely, it has had a huge impact on it. Um, originally, and, and I track this, and so do many other members at the Talking Board Historical Society, mm -hmm. one of the things we, we really like to do is get data. Yeah, sure. And so we're really historians or reporters. And what we've seen is originally uh, movies would show it as a joke, a date. And that's usually what Ouija boards were for, because in Victorian times, men and women weren't allowed to be alone together. They certainly weren't allowed to touch. They certainly weren't supposed to be alone touching and in candlelight. The Ouija board offered all of those things because originally you use the Ouija board by your knees touching. The Ouija board would rest on your lap and then your fingers would be on the planchette. Very romantic. So mostly Hollywood showed that in the beginning. Right. Over time, especially as we get to the 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. we see a swing where things start to get a little darker. Yeah. Where, you know, ghosts aren't necessarily fun, funny. It turns into it's the Ouija board starts answering who's the killer. It's giving information and then it starts giving darker information like who's going to die. And then we see the pendulum kind of swing pretty hard in 1973 with The Exorcist, which really demonstrates what happens, again, belief, if you play the Ouija board alone, this little girl becomes possessed by Captain Howdy, a demon, Pazuzu. Is there a, a, a satanic connection that the majority of people who use the, the Ouija board or other talking boards actually believe is real instead of looking at themselves as the source of the evil? I think there's, it's probably equal as, it, as everything is. I'm sure there's a segment of the population that first has always looked upon the Ouija board as evil. You know, right. Religions have never been incredibly happy with people playing with the Ouija board or using it as an oracle. That's kind of against most organized religions. Um, but it, be, it was acceptable because, again, death was so around you. In the 1800s, a mother might have six kids and three of them die. And when that child dies, you dress them up and take a picture with them. And that photo goes on the wall so that you always remember them. It's not that death was any easier to take. It's just that it was so around you, you had to deal with it more, right? So today, we're very far from death. We don't look, we have plastic surgery. We dye our hair. We live longer because of medicine. We're healthier. Mm -hmm. All of that makes us more uncomfortable with death. And, and, and here's something to think about when we think about our comfort level with death, which I always look at the Ouija board as showing. If you think of this, the original funeral parlor was your parlor. So That's when right. someone died, you laid them out in your house. Yeah. And you, you were responsible for changing the ice. And you were responsible for burying them. And that didn't change until the Civil War in the United States where we started having embalming. And so we, we moved it out of our house and funeral parlors were born. And we became so whether unconsciously or consciously, uncomfortable 
with that name because parlor became associated with funeral parlor that we changed the name of that room. And so today, what's the name of that room in your house? Living room. The living room. Yeah. That's right. So we renamed it and we whitewashed it because we are very uncomfortable with death, again, further away. So people's beliefs have not changed because, again, they've always been there. It's just that, you know, like anything, it's like a wave or a pendulum. It swings. And so we're now in a place where because movies also depict it as being evil or an evil portal that people then see it that way and practice it. So I don't think it's any different than it ever was. It's just more of the segment things that, but it's coming back around, you know, in all my time in um, the paranormal world and working on different shows or consulting on movies, paranormal people didn't want Ouija boards at all discussed. They believed they were very bad. And over this 25 years, we've really been able to show people that mm-hmm. it's no different than any other tool that someone might be using in a ghost hunt or a ghost investigation. So basically, a Ouija board is, is a tool or a, uh, an instrument of focal uh, points, the, just like the crystal ball, tarot cards, stones, and any other type of um, oracle. Exactly. To me, it is. And, and it is when I look at it historically— mm-hmm. However, again, because belief is so incredibly powerful, and that's what makes the Ouija board so special, that it has a life of its own. And that's what's really unique, is that there's the true history of talking boards, and then there's what people believe. And they can run concurrently because, again, belief is nine-tenths of your reality. I have said many times on this show that belief is the strongest power in the university. If you believe in the universe university in the universe if you believe it you can succeed it mm-hmm. that's a great way to put yeah. it yeah listen you and i have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour thank you so much uh, merch for coming on the show it's great talking to you when we come back i'd like to ask you a few more questions and i'd also like to talk to you about the talking board historical society and the work that you folks do so grab yourself a coffee we'll be back in a couple of minutes exo nation my guest this hour is robert merch known affectionately by the name of Merch. His website is uh, robertmerch.com. And for all the information about the Talking Board Historical Society, of which Merch is the chairman of the board, www.tbhs.org. That's www.tbhs.org. Don't forget, we also have some super other programs on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We have Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We have A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. We also have Paranormal Stakeout with Larry Lawson, Seeking Reality with Roberta Grimes, and Know the Name with Sharon Lynn Wyeth. And the final one that we'll talk about this hour is uh, Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Peter Marsh. And, of course, The Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Merch and I return. Ouija board time. When we come back, don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. 
You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State certified occupational school training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back, everyone. Merch is our special guest. He's no, his real name is Robert Merch, and he is the chairman of the board, the Talking Board Historical Society, www.tbhs.org, and his website is robertmerch.com. Um, have you heard of any positive aspects or positive uses of the Ouija board? And have you yourself used a board? And if so, how have the results been? And so the answers to both those questions are a big yes. <laughs> um, 
I've heard of lots of people and I get a lot of emails Mm -hmm. as do other members of the Talking Board Historical Society uh, about their experiences. And I have had a ton of positive ones. They'll never make the news because they're not as exciting. You know, like it's 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 much better to cover in the 1930s and 40s when there were a number of murders attributed to the Ouija board, you know, headlines like. The Ouija board told me to kill my daddy, so I did. That's a great story. And but that's not, you know, and so it paints the Ouija board in a certain light. Mm-hmm. And however, there are lots of people who use the Ouija board to find things. Um in in fact, Harvard at one time stopped people from using Ouija boards during tests because they believed that it was cheating. They didn't know why. They didn't necessarily come down and it's because they're talking to the spirits. Right. But they saw that when people use the Ouija board, and they took a test. They did better. Is it because the person so, is focusing? I would say that's probably correct. Yeah. And other people might say that, no, they're, they're channeling some universal knowledge um, or maybe an entity that could tell them. So Harvard didn't care what it was. They didn't want you doing it. So they stopped that. Um, but I've gotten, you know, one really email sticks out in my head. And Please. it was a woman who, when she was very young, had an abortion. Right. She always regretted that. And she knew she couldn't have, even if she had carried the child to term, she couldn't have um, cared for it or given it a good life. And she, she regretted having the abortion, but she wouldn't have changed anything. One day she was using the Ouija board. She had this huge regret, this huge guilt. And she believed she was talking to the baby she never had. And she was able to apologize and explain it. And the results she got back were that the, the baby or the entity didn't care and understood mm-hmm. and forgave her. And so for her, she got to say Closure. goodbye. And, and wow. that's pretty big. And, and so if you think of why does anyone use any spirit communication tool, it's because they've lost someone and they didn't get to say goodbye. They want to make sure if they're okay. What if the last thing they ever said to that person was horrible. You know, you're yeah. in a bad mood, you yeah. got into a fight. The person goes out and gets, hits by, gets hit by a car. Mm-hmm. You never got to tell them you're sorry. So guilt, uh, the unknown, and then ultimately what's going to happen to me? All of those reasons cause people to reach out and use the Ouija board, even if they say, oh, I don't believe in it, I'll, but I'll play it just because. And that's the cool thing about the Ouija board because when you sit down, you ask a question and it starts to work. For that short, brief time, you start to believe because you feel it moving and you don't believe it's one of your friends pushing it and you don't believe it's you and yet you're getting answers and you're part of that communication. You know, one of the different things than any other spirit communication tool, you're part of it. The Ouija board doesn't work by itself. You have to see the letters. You have to be able to read them. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to put your fingers on the planchette and ask a question. Otherwise, you can't understand the answers. Interaction, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's very interactive. And that causes the experience to be extremely powerful. And think about it. The Ouija board is most people's first on-purpose paranormal experience. The first time they purposely reached out and said, is anyone there? And, and we all know first experiences create huge scars or marks in our brain big time you know they set us off in a a big even if you don't consciously remember them Mm -hmm. they cause huge marks and so if you have a great first experience with a ouija board you likely always will if you have a really bad first experience you're likely to tell people that never touch them 
Let me ask you a question. Since you you deal with uh, you deal with uh, talking boards and Ouija boards and and these are used for basically communicating with the other side. Why do you believe, you know, being the chairman of the board and having had the experiences that you've had over the many years working on the many projects that you have, and by the way, congratulations on all those. <laughs> why do you think death is sociologically unacceptable in the year 2018? So I don't think death will ever be acceptable as long as there are humans who are alive. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's in our DNA. We like to solve puzzles. We're even wired genetically to make patterns out of things we see. Like you look up at the sky and you think you see a face. We are wired to recognize those things. And so we don't know what happens when you die. And that causes us to want to figure it out. And we don't like the unknown. Humans just hate puzzles that we cannot solve. And in the interim, we make things that will help us bridge until we get there. So maybe one day science will help us explain in a better way instead of just having it be faith mm -hmm. that we'll be able to see it, touch it, feel it, experience it. Now everyone will die. So it's the great equalizer, right? doesn't matter yep. whether you're rich or poor, or man That's or right. woman, doesn't matter. We're all going to die. You know, when and, you look when you look at life itself, and I'm sorry for cutting in, but when you look at life itself, the moment we are conceived is the moment we start to die. That's right. The clock is ticking. That's right. Yeah. And 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 so when I look at the Ouija board, mm -hmm. and I think many others, it's a mirror. Yeah. It often reflects our our deepest fears and our biggest hopes and dreams, and that's what comes out depending on your intent and your mood. You know. So I would tell yeah. your listeners. Don't pick up a Ouija board if you're in like the worst mood ever or the most horrible things have happened to you that day. Probably not a day to start fooling around with either taking bricks out of the wall of your unconscious or trying to reach across the other side. Because I do believe like attracts like. So, you know, you're in a really bad mood. You're likely to not get the nicest answers. And the other thing is don't believe everything that you read. We don't, I mean, hello, fake news, right? Like this is kind of a big deal right now. Yes, it but is. But the Ouija board lies. It doesn't always tell you the truth. And whether that's because you're hearing what you want to hear or because your brain wants to trick you or because you're talking to something that doesn't know any better, remember, like anything else, my mother used to say to me, you know, I, why'd you do that? Well, Billy did. Yeah. Well, if Billy told you to jump <laughs> off a bridge, would you do that too? So use common sense with right. a Ouija board. Play it with people that you trust. You know, put yourself in a safe position. And if you start getting uncomfortable and it's giving you answers you don't like, there's a hang-up button right at the bottom. Goodbye. Push the planchette to it. Take it off. Put the board away. You're done. I, it seems that the Ouija board and other talking boards are that blank space that our, our brains, when we're working on something or if we see something that we're not sure of, because we cannot connect all the dots that little space that we leave open, the brain fills in with something it believes should be there. By using the planchette and by using the talking board and the Ouija board, this seems like the tool that could help us actually find out what that missing part of the puzzle may be because we ourselves have that piece of the puzzle and maybe it's embedded too far within us to come up with the, the piece that we're looking for. I, I completely agree. I, I think the Ouija board 
or many aspects of spirit communication are huge. So like planchette writing, the spiritualists would call it spirit writing. Right. But scientists call it automatic writing. Yeah. It's letting your subconscious out and it's answering your questions. And I, I think it's an incredibly interesting tool to see what's going on in the inside. Because when most of us look in the mirror, we see what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Because again, we believe it. Yeah. Instead of seeing what's necessarily there, right? You know, no one, not too many people look in the mirror and, and see all their flaws. They look at their mirror and say, you look great. <laughs> and so it, the Ouija board allows you to explore, like you said, all of those things we're just not okay with. We're not sure about. We don't have an answer. And your brain, again, our brains, they want answers. Yeah. They don't like questions. And the Ouija board explores potential answers. And so I would tell, you know, again, your listeners, the Ouija board is what you want it to be. It's that powerful. You decide whether those answers are right for you. It you also, decide the type of communication. It often sounds, it, it, it sounds like it's therapeutic. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very therapeutic. It can be. Mm-hmm. What happens mostly um, when people have bad experiences is it's mostly like telephone. And it's mostly like uh, someone tells you they've had a bad experience. Says, why don't you play with it? Well, I heard my you know, best friend's brother, sister's cousin, next door neighbor mm-hmm. used a Ouija board yeah. and something bad happened. And you go to look what happened and, well, the Ouija board gave them answers that they didn't like. Now, to me, that's not necessarily scary. I can understand how it can be. Like we talked about connecting the dots. Using the Ouija board, what's the worst that's going to happen or the scariest when you're using it? What's really scary about the Ouija board is what happens after you play it. Because, again, you believe you've made contact with something. You've opened a portal. You've opened a door. And suddenly you start to hear sounds in your house that have always been there. But you just blocked them out because it didn't mean anything. Yeah. You start to give those sounds meaning, and then you see something. Now you're really creating a narrative by connecting these dots. And so fear is incredibly contagious, and it doesn't take much to scare anyone. And so if you believe, geez, we played the Ouija board, and you know it said it was a demon, it said it was a devil, and it wanted to kill us. And then suddenly I see something out of the corner of my eye. I hear things. I went downstairs, and the door was open. All of these things could be what they are especially if it starts to rain there's thunder and lightning and the power goes out and at this point we've got to take our final break please stand by merch exxon nation robert merch is our special guest he is the chairman of the board of the talking board historical society www.tbhs.org and his website is robertmerch.com when we come back we're going to talk about the Talking Board Historical Society as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, on the Exxon Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. Named one of the world's greatest psychics, Elizabeth Joyce is now giving readings worldwide via Skype. Elizabeth Joyce is recognized for her clairvoyant ability to help find missing persons, her analysis of dreams, past life regression work, mediumship, and her accurate predictions. Elizabeth has been a frequent guest on the Exxon Radio Show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, now for several years. For an appointment with Elizabeth Joyce, call 201-934-8986 or Skype at elizabeth.joyce. 
And for more information, you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Exonation, uh, Robert Murch is our special guest. He is the chairman of the board of the Talking Board Historical Society. Their website is www.tbhs.org. And his personal website is robertmurch.com. First of all, Robert, as I was telling you during the commercial break, I've been doing this show for 28 years. And you are the first person who has come on this show. And we've had over 5,000 guests over the years. Not all of them have talked about Ouija boards or talking boards, but those who have, have not been as informative and educational as you have been. And it's a pleasure talking to you, and congratulations on all the work that you have done over the years. And um, tell us about the Talking Board Historical Society. Well, thank you so much uh, for saying that. We try really hard. And, you know, uh, all my work, everything that I've done, Mm -hmm. it's a group effort. Um, The Talking Board Historical Society is a collection of um, artists that make talking boards, historians, collectors, you name it. And they all bring a different perspective to this. And and that's important because when you're looking at a subject, Mm -hmm. you need to see the entire subject just not the part you want. And so, you know, I'd said earlier, I see myself as a historian and AKA reporter. 
So I don't tell people what to think at all. I just want to open their minds with information so that if they make a decision, it's at least informed. And that's what we do. We basically, we research and write about and publish and mark all kinds of important areas that have to do with talking board history. And we've put in gravestones for the guy who patented what would become the Ouija board. And we've made uh, historical landmarks. We put in plaques where the Ouija board got its name. That's our job. We, we see ourselves as kind of public servants of making sure that people really have the full story, which often is stranger than the fiction. So, so tell me, how did the, the idea of the Talking Board Historical Society come into, uh, into being? Well, what happened was is I had started to work with lots of different people, and, and um, you've probably run into this before, but collectors can be very private, mm-hmm. that the things they get are theirs. Yeah. And I was kind of a part of a new generation that believed, as the internet exploded, that nothing should be private. Everything should be out there. You know, we, That's how we'll learn. And what I found in this search, I wasn't alone. That there were other people, um, and actually uh, Gene Orlando from the Museum of Talkingboards.com, his website put up in 1996, the first thing I found on the internet, and uh, we became really good friends. And that collaboration, we realized I had different answers, I had different pieces of the puzzle than him. And as we started to assemble them, we'd run into another collector. That person had more pieces. And what we realized was, if we all worked together, we could actually figure this out. And that caused a lot of stress for some people because we were creating a paradigm that hadn't existed before. Collectors and historians who were working together for a common cause instead of just themselves. And um, it worked. And so a bunch of us put in the stone for Elijah Bond in uh, Greenmount Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. And he was the man who patented what would become the Ouija board. And once we did that, we saw we could work together and accomplish something, something real, tangible and Today, that stone that we put in that has a Ouija board on the back of it from his patent is the most visited grave in the whole cemetery. And there are some pretty famous people there. So, again, we just realized we could do something. And that led to making other buildings historic landmarks. And then one day we just decided we need to formalize this because we could really do more help if we got more people involved. And so we're just constantly growing. And again, we've got some great people. Is the uh, is the Talking Board Historical Society a 501c? It is. We are a registered nonprofit. And uh, when we registered, I got a call from the IRS that no one wants to have. Um, <laughs> but what they wanted to do, they wanted to know if it was a joke or if, if we were for real. And uh, after a brief interview, the woman told me it was the most interesting nonprofit she'd ever heard of. And they were going to approve it. Excellent. And they did. So uh, we got our status. Is there a is there a talking board museum? <laughs> well, all of the the directors and many other collectors, I guess, would uh, call their you know collections museums. Um, when I moved from Boston about a year and a half ago to Denver, where I live now, uh, I created our the entire basement was a finished basement, and we had shelving built and lighting, and I actually turned it into a Ouija board museum. So. People can, you know, talk to me if they really want to come visit. It's wow. private, but we've opened it up to the public. The news has covered it. And um, it's a lot of boards in one place. All the pictures across my uh, house are basically, you know, owed to the Ouija. <laughs> has the Talking Board Historical Society come out with their own uh, talking board? <laughs> yes, we have. Um, as a way to uh, raise funds, we are always looking for donations. Mm-hmm. That's how we work. 
uh, we don't get paid. So everyone who works for the TBHS, it's uh, donated time. And uh, John Kozik, our treasurer, actually uh, came up with our own talking board that you can find on eBay or if you visit our um, website or look at us on Facebook. That's where we in social media, Twitter, Instagram, we kind of really push those things. But um, if you purchase a T-shirt, uh, a talking board, stickers, all of that money goes towards these projects that we were talking about. What is the ultimate goal of the Talking Board Historical Society? To hopefully inspire the next generation um, and really lure the millennials who seem to be really interested in answers. You know, they want things real fast. Mm -hmm. um, that the Ouija board has a place today. That it doesn't matter whether we live in a click, swipe, tap world. Mm -hmm. That death still here. So um, it, it's something they're going to have to deal with just as much as uh, you know my generation X. So uh, it's an interesting you know, we, to look at it, we're really trying to pass down and make sure that information that was once lost doesn't get lost again. Because even though we've discovered all of these great things, like how the Ouija board really got its name, mm -hmm. who were the people behind it? How did they market it? All these wonderful, neat stories. They all existed once. They just got forgotten. So we're just uncovering information that's already and always been there. We don't want to see it lost again. So we really want to use the web and kind of all the technology we can, scanning, photographing, we document everything. And so that allows us to really talk about things and help put them into perspective. I, I personally believe that the, the board games are going to be coming back again um, because of the family value, the group value, and the one-on-one -on -one interaction are totally different with board games than they are with computer games. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, it allows you to use your imagination instead of having a screen that is doing all the thinking for you. Yeah, it's one of the, like I said, the most amazing mm -hmm. experiences you can have is mm -hmm. sitting at a Ouija board or talking board and it starts to move. Yeah. Because even if you absolutely don't believe it, there is a short time where you will suspend that disbelief. And you will entertain the fact that it might just work. And it's really funny to watch how it's gone from family fun night to family fright night. Mm -hmm. And it's coming back. Like now today, we see actually people are really using it. In the 1970s, you know, you had um, all these interesting new age movements that looked at talk, talking boards. Well, were they talking to outer space? And, and that's a neat thing about mm -hmm. different talking boards. I have one in my collection that is supposed to be used to talk to your past lives. Others, that's supposed to talk to aliens. Talking boards always take on the topic of their decade. And so you can really see the history of, and I'll just stick to North America if we're talking about the Ouija board, but it also does reflect in Europe as well, um, what's going on and what's seen as mystical. For instance, the Ouija board's first name was Ouija, the Egyptian luck board. Well, people thought it was Egyptian when the board gave its name, because they'd never heard the word before. And what was so amazingly mystical to North America in 1890? Egypt. Tons yes, of discoveries right. yeah. in the Valley of the Kings. Yeah. That was so far away, and it captured the imaginations of everyone. So with movies, there's mm -hmm. been you know two official Ouija movies. There's been tons of other movies that have come out using Ouija boards. It's come kind of full circle. So we are in the midst of a huge... Ouija revival, <laughs> if I can say that. And um, it's really fun to see. We're coming down to the two-minute mark, uh, of which 
one of those minutes is when we say so long. So we've got about a minute left. What are, what are your final thoughts about the Ouija board that you'd like to share with the Exxon audience tonight? Well, I just like for anyone who's interested in the audience, you know, really check us out on Facebook. If you look up the Talking Board Historical Society, we try to do daily posts mm-hmm. and post different things and show people. We're really an educational organization, uh, regardless of our beliefs. We have believers, we have psychotherapists, um, we have skeptics. We really want to reflect the whole thing. So if you have a story, a board, anything you want to share with us, we want to see it because you might have an incredibly important missing piece. Robert, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for the positive look at the Ouija board. You know, it's so refreshing to to hear the positive side and the great history that goes along with it. So thank you, and to the other members of the Talking Board Historical Society, our thanks as well. And once again, let our listeners know where they can get a Ouija board from you, your T-shirt, your stickers, whatever you have so that we can help support the, uh, the work that you guys do at the TBHS. Thank you so much for that. Um, and again, users can go on eBay and look up Talking Board Historical Society. You can go to our website, tbhs.org. Um, look at us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. We have accounts everywhere. And you know, follow us and, and speak up. We want to hear from you. Merch, take care of yourself. I look forward to the next time that you come back and join us here in the X-Zone. You always have an open invitation, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. So long. Have a good one, and uh, keep those boards coming. <laughs> Nation, if you'd like to contact uh, Merch, his website is www.tbhs.org. That's at the Talking Board Historical Society. Or his uh, personal website is robertmerch.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. 
We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.